One of the great benefits of having two preachers is the opportunity that you get as one of those preachers to sit and to hear a wonderful sermon, and I very much appreciate uh, what Caleb preached this morning about heaven. It's very, a very encouraging uh, message that uh, reminds us of why we're really here and what we're supposed to be doing, and so I, I appreciate that very much. Tonight, I want to talk about a lasting impression. Uh, we're familiar with things that leave an impression. Sometimes I like to walk down the uh, streets in Roanoke, of course, with the events that happened on Main Street the last couple of months, you have to kind of stay away from the road. We've had a couple of accidents out there. But one thing I've noticed as I walk down Main Street in particular is the prints that have been left in the concrete. There are little hands, little feet. There are some dog prints where dogs made it across the concrete while it was still wet. Even there at our house, there are little hand prints in some of the concrete from previous occupants. And the thing about those impressions, they possess a longevity beyond the moment uh, when they are, were made. When we think about lasting impressions, we don't just have to think about hands in concrete. Think about people in your life who have made a lasting impression on you. There have been a number of those people in my life, and I know that I'm not unique in that regard tonight. Many of you likely have had people who have made a lasting impression on you. I've talked on other occasions about the military man that I encountered while stationed on Guam. I was in a leadership class and a guest speaker was invited and his name uh, was Louis LeBlanc. He had reached the rank of senior master sergeant before his retirement from the Air Force, but in his career, he was a tail gunner on a B-52 bomber, part of the combat crew, part of the arc light defenders, the bombers that would run bombing raids in uh, Vietnam, during the Vietnam War. And Sergeant LeBlanc was forced to eject out of his B-52 bomber plane on one occasion. The plane was damaged, he had to eject, and he survived the ejection, but he was caught. And he was taken to uh, what came to be known as the Hanoi Hilton, a prisoner concentration camp that just had a horrible reputation. And as that man stood before us on that occasion talking about his experience there, you could see the tears rolling down his face as he thought about what he had endured. Things I can't even describe to this audience tonight, but things that involved jumper cables and electric current shut through his body. Just a horrible, horrible experience. That left a lasting impression on me to hear that man tell what he endured as one who was defending our country. <clears throat> Tonight, what I'm trying to challenge us to think about is this. If events in our life, if ordinary people in our life that we encounter can make lasting impressions on us, what about God? Ought it not it be the case that God has the capacity 
to affect us in a way that lives beyond the moment? I know we don't interact with God personally and directly today, but some people have. And when you and I go to the Word of God, it stands to reason that we get just as much impact from that as those who witnessed Him in person and directly. As we set out in this study tonight, I want to put before us a few people in the Bible who encountered God in a way that left them with a lasting impression. And then we will turn that around and think about how it might apply to us tonight. I hope we wear on the gilding of our Bibles tonight. I'm going to encourage you to turn to a few passages and read along with me. But our first point of observation tonight is this. God has made a lasting impression on many notable Bible people. The first one is found in Exodus chapter 34. Jay danced all around this this morning, and I was afraid he was going to get into the point that I'm going to try to make. He spared me. He stayed away from this particular point. Uh, but look at Exodus chapter 34, a rather lengthy reading, but I think to our benefit, verses 27 through 35. <clears throat> 34, 27 through 35. And we're talking about Moses here, of course, because God made a lasting impression upon Moses. Read along with me. Then the Lord said to Moses, write these words, for according to the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water, and he wrote on the tablet the words of the commandment, or the covenant, rather, the Ten Commandments. Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near and he gave them as commandments all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out and he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Now, you probably weren't thinking about very literal lasting impressions, but here's one. Because Moses, when he spent time with God in the presence of God on the mountain, God literally left a physical impression on him. His face shone. It glowed from the glory of God. The New Testament writers would later uh, use that to demonstrate how the glory of the old covenant would fade away just as Moses' face would eventually get dim. But here's a man who spent time in the presence of God and literally, very literally, very physically, God left a lasting impression upon him. 
Let's look now at another example in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Turn there with me and let's read it together. Luke 24, 13 through 35. Jesus made a lasting impression on the men that he met on the road to Emmaus. Again, a lengthy reading, but let's, uh, let's take this in together to our benefit. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was when they conversed in reason that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened there these day, in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but he did not, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now watch this. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, uh, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us. So they arose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and also appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread." Here is an occasion where Jesus encounters men walking who are confounded by the events that have taken place, namely his crucifixion, his supposed resurrection, as reported by the witnesses who had found the empty tomb, and so he walks along with them. And their eyes 
in some sense are fixed so that they do not recognize him. It's only when they get to the house and they take bread together that the veil is lifted from their eyes so that they can see and perceive that this is Jesus. But the reference they make in this conversation after Jesus' uh, departure is not about them sitting at the table eating bread with him. They refer back to the occasion when they were on the road with a man they did not know when he was expounding to them from the scripture the things concerning Jesus and of that moment they said, did not our hearts burn within us? You see, they were in the presence of Jesus and he had made a lasting impression on them. There's one more that I would like to look at and this one takes us to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And this time we're going to look at verses 1 through 14 and we're going to notice that Jesus made a lasting impression on Peter and John. Acts chapter 4, 1 through 14. It's a lot of reading, I know, but trust me, the PowerPoint that I had these verses on would have been brutal for you to look at. So suffer with me, and let's look at, uh, at, close, look at it at close range in our own Bibles. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priest, uh, the, uh, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. We're talking about Peter and John. They're about to be arrested. Being greatly disturbed that they, were, uh, that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for the good deed done to the helpless man, talking about the healing of the lame man that had just taken place, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by him. This man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Notice this. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Here is another occasion where a lasting impression is made by God. 
in the person of Jesus on earth as he had influenced those who were his chosen ones, their, their boldness and their ability to preach and proclaim and withstand criticism as men who were deemed to be uneducated and unlearned, the only conclusion that these high people and rulers and leaders could make is they had been with Jesus. In other words, Jesus had made a lasting impression on them that was visible to those who had come in contact with them. In our first point of observation, I hope we have seen that for some people in the Bible, God made a significant and lasting impression on them. Now for our second point of observation, let us note that the divine impression, as we've seen in these three cases, is present on some, but it's lost on others. Maybe if concrete is about to, to set and it's still soft and you put your hand in it, an impression might be made. But if the concrete, concrete is still too wet and you put your hand down in it to try to leave an impression, it might not take. It might just, the part where you put your hand might just fill back in and cover up the impression that you had tried to make. In my mind, at least, it's a very good illustration of the point that I'm trying to make now. Sometimes God moves to make an impression and it takes. Sometimes it doesn't. There are ample examples of that in the Bible we shall note now. Clearly, some people have not been impressed with and by God. I think of Romans chapter 1, verse 21 where Paul said of the Gentile nation, although they knew God, they knew him. In other words, God had moved in the revelation of himself to make an impression on humanity. Although they knew him, knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. And you likely know the rest of that. They became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened and they corrupted themselves further and further away from God. The, divi the divine impression, at least the attempt was there, but no lasting impression was made on those people. Think about another occasion. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane being arrested his disciples had been with him. Those who were interested in his teaching and being followers were right there with him. But when the rubber met the road, when the situation got serious, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 56 says, they all forsook him and fled. The divine impression was there. It had moved to make a lasting impression on them, but with some it didn't take. And then you keep reading and you read about Peter who followed Jesus from a distance, even into the courtyard to observe and see what was going to happen. But to Peter's detriment, a group of people questioned his identity about his association with Jesus. And you know what happened there in his denial of the Lord. He said, I do not know the man. 
again, an opportunity for a lasting impression to be made, but on that occasion, it didn't stick with Peter. Now, fortunately, we already read in Acts chapter 14 about a lasting impression on Peter. But on this occasion, it didn't take. There was no lasting impression made. And so the point is, some people at occasions in their life have not been impressed by God and with God in a lasting way. But clearly, others bore a difference. And he made an impression and has made an impression on them. I think about a couple of Old Testament examples. I think about Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9, where Jeremiah says, I will not make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name. In other words, there's not going to be an impression made on me. But Jeremiah said, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary of holding back, and I could not. In other words, God had made such an impression on Jeremiah that he couldn't hold back. Even though at one point he thought he would, he couldn't. The impression was a lasting one. And I think of another Old Testament example, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8 where Isaiah is allowed to peer into the throne room of God through vision. He gets to see what's taking place around the throne of God. And he sees the cherubim and the the seraphim and the cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Jeremiah is changed by that vision. An impression is made on him that is a lasting one. And then a question is asked later in that passage, who will go for us? Who can we send? Who will go for us? And Jeremiah, or Isaiah rather, says, here am I, send me. In other words, the divine impression was present not only in Jeremiah, but also in Isaiah. Now, my goal tonight for us is not just a history lesson of how impressions have been made by God on people who have lived on this earth and have since long gone. It would be best for us to think about this relative to our own selves, our own lives and our own relationship with God and whether or not he makes a lasting impression on us. So for our last point of observation Tonight, might I just ask us this? Has God been able to make a lasting impression on me? In my interaction with God, no, not directly, not through some miraculous divine influence in my life, but through my interaction with the Word of God, through my interaction with God in worship, through my interaction with God, through his family, the church, has he been able to make a lasting impression on me? Let's explore this for just a moment. We might ask ourselves the question, do we know him? Or do we know him? And what I mean by that is those in Romans chapter 1 knew God. 
The text plainly says they knew him, but they didn't know him. He had not influenced them to the degree, not because of some deficiency on his part, but because of deficiency on their part, he had not been able to leave a print. And so it would be good for us to ask ourselves, is he able to leave a print? In my heart, is my heart so hard that he can't leave a print? Is my mind so full of worldly cares and concerns that he can't leave a print? What is it about my life that may not be allowing me to know God in a way that is impressive, that leaves an impression? I might ask myself as we think about this point, am I spending sufficient time in his presence? You know, we can't, we, we can't be like Isaiah today. What would that be like even? To have a vision, to be able to look, to just to have the curtain of eternity pulled back so you could look into the throne room of God and see? What, would that leave an impression on us? I, I would imagine it, it would. But we don't have that luxury. What we have is God's word. And it's powerful and it's sufficient to impress upon us what God intends. But I have to spend time in his presence, in his word. Caleb and I in the podcast this past week talked about study of the Bible, real study, not just reading, but studying the Bible. That's one way that God is allowed to impress us in a lasting way. What about prayer? You know, so for so many, prayer might just be the three or four second exercise we feel compelled to do before we eat a meal. But it's really so much more than that. It's engaging God. It's the way that we talk to Him. It's the way that we express our concerns. And the more we count our blessings in this life, the more we reflect on the way God has answered our prayers, perhaps the more we'll be impressed with opportunities to pray. When there's uncertainty, uncertainty in our lives, maybe we'll be more impressed by the power of prayer to go before Him to spend time in His presence. What about just Christian living? The way that I live. Young people, the way that you interact with others in school, is it apparent that you have been with Jesus? When we read his word, does our heart burn within us because we've been in his presence? You know, a young boy or a young girl who has a mate, a friend that they're really close to, that they're interested in spending time with, when they've had time together, Maybe they walk away and their face is glowing, kind of like Moses. Because you've been in a relationship in a situation that has impressed upon you and it's changed your countenance. But what does God do to my countenance? You know, do, do I look like I've been weaned on a sour pickle as... Brother Hitchcock said, or do I look like I've been in the presence of God 
whether that was through his word or through prayer or through my relationship with his people. God has the power to change our, account, our countenance even when we spend proper time with him. It's worth asking, has our exposure to him changed us for the better? What I see in the word of God is people who had direct inter interaction with the divine nature. And it affected them in some way. We've seen three examples tonight. And we've observed that for some, it's lost. For others, it sticks. A lasting impression is made. And I'm challenging us tonight to think about our relationship with God. Does he make a lasting impression on us? If people in our lives make lasting impressions on us, and they do, certainly, God has the capacity and the ability to do that, to affect us in meaningful and substantive ways. May God help us to think about our relationship with him and our interaction with him and make sure that he is able to make a lasting impression on us. Tonight, maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. You've heard some of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How that God sent his only begotten son to this world to die for you on the cross so that your sins might be forgiven. God did that for you. Does that make an impression on you? I hope so. Because what that act has made possible is for you to become a Christian, a child of God, to bear the impression of God in your life. When you, by faith, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and when you allow yourself to be baptized in water for the remission of sins, God will make you a child of his. You will bear the mark of your divine parent, God the Father, through the sacrifice of the Son, on the cross. If that's your desire, we hope that you will allow God to impress upon you that great blessing will help you in your obedience to the gospel even tonight. Maybe you are a Christian and maybe you've never thought about what God is doing and what he has done to affect your life in a positive way. Maybe you've never thought about whether or not God is able to make an impression. I hope tonight as I've tried to challenge myself, I've challenged you to think about and to ask yourself the question, has God been able to make a lasting impression on me? If you're subject to the invitation tonight, we hope you'll use this opportunity as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this recorded audio of a sermon that was preached at the Roanoke Church of Christ. If you'd like to visit us, you can do so at 608 Dallas Drive, Roanoke, Texas, 76262 or you can visit our website at RoanoakeChurchOfChrist.org. We hope to see you soon, and may God bless you.